a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana Podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra, and I am very excited for you to meet them. So, I thought a lot about the introduction of today's guest and how I could help all of you out there who don't know him already. Um, you know, how could you get an immediate sense of the kind of man that he is? And I thought that perhaps comparing him to a famous person might do the trick. You know, instead of like using a lot of flowery adjectives and rambling on and on, on like I usually do, you know, maybe I could just cut to the chase and name drop a famous name and it would just immediately kind of resonate with all of you. So, uh, and it worked. But when I came up with the precisely perfect famous person that he most reminds me of, I thought that if I said it out loud, he would either laugh out loud or he'd get up from the very comfortable chair that he's currently sitting in right now and just walk out of the room. Just, just like drop the mic, literally drop the mic and just, and just, and just, you know, write this off. It's just ridiculous. And then I thought about his kids and his awesome wife and his friends uh, who we have the blessing of knowing and how they'd react and that they would probably think that today's guest and I have just been spending the afternoon here at his beautiful house overlooking his pool, just drinking all afternoon and not talking, getting ready to talk about faith. But I can assure you, I am sober as a judge. Uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, if anything is worth both of those risks, it's this. So today's guest reminds me of Mother Teresa. Yes, her, yes. Now, while he'll never share her nickname as Flower Bud or the Florence Nightingale of the 20th century, the spirit of now Saint Mother Teresa runs through the veins of today's guest, not necessarily for what she did, uh, but for what she allegedly said. Okay, so legend has it that years ago, when an inspired visitor uh, to Mother Teresa asked how he could be of greater service and create the kind of impact that she was making at the time, she looked at him and said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And there it is. Today's guest taught Betsy and I how to do just that. We didn't need to hear it from Mother Teresa because we saw it from him. Nearly 25 years ago, when Betsy was expecting our first child, and both of us were so excited for our next chapter as family builders, uh, we had the great fortune, the great blessing to move in next door to him, our guest, and his aforementioned much better half. And every Sunday night, we would watch our cul-de-sac fill up with cars carrying their adult kids, some of them with grandkids already, and they were coming home for Sunday dinner. Every week, I mean, you could set your watch by it, you know, and, 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 and they'd, they'd come early, they'd stay late, they'd have so much fun as Betsy and I eavesdropped from the window of our bedroom <laughs> to listen in on the laughter and the love that was emanating next door. This is what family sounded like, and this is what we wanted our family to be like someday. 
Very soon, we were introduced to these wonderful adult kids at the behest of today's guest, uh, who we we had already gotten to know in his own right uh, as a thoughtful, colorful Corvette enthusiast at the time who shared his joy and his love for family with us as our own family grew. Uh, And while there's a little bit more distance now between our two homes today, uh, the impact of today's guest and the impact of the family that he stayed home to love has been the epitome of that St. Mother Teresa quote. The world has changed through people like today's guest by loving his family and showing so many others how to love their own. So in addition to being a saintly neighbor, uh, our guest is, as I mentioned, a devoted husband, father of four, uh, including a couple of previous mana guests, uh, grandfather, golf enthusiast, and a man who rocks the karaoke mic better than anyone else as long as the track is Edelweiss. Please welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Roger Dieters. Hey, Mr. Dieters. Well, Jeff, those are very kind and humbling words. Uh, I'm not sure I I can live up to those, but I appreciate it. Well, we love you so much. And I, I, this has been, this has been, so this is, you're part of season 10 uh, of Mana, and I can, I can honestly say it's taken 10 seasons to get you on this darn show. <laughs> so we're going to make the most of it here. And, uh, you know, as I was prepping for the show and just, again, so, so grateful uh, to spend this time with you, you know, I realized for as long as we've known each other and for as much as we've talked about family, and as much as, as I mentioned, we've seen your family and you with your family, you know, I've never talked about your family growing up, you know, so that's kind of where I kind of wanted to start. Well, I think it all starts with your family and yeah. growing up. I had the uh, opportunity to grow up in a small town, west, uh, west of St. Cloud in Cold Spring, Minnesota. Went to a Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, a uh, small town of 1,500 people back then. And... It was all family. You know, we, my my mother's sisters lived there. My dad's family lived there, and we just uh, grew up saying we're part of their family, and they were part of our family. Yeah, and uh, we were educated at the the grade school, which was run by the uh, the Catholic uh, nuns. Went to high school, run by the Saint John's uh, uh, priests. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was fun. You yeah. know, it was it was back in the the uh, the late forties and fifties. We'd leave the house in the morning. We'd play ball all day. Come home for lunch. Go back. Come home by supper time. And nobody worried about us. You know, we yeah. just we just grew up that way. Yeah, yeah. So so faith. You mentioned Catholic schools, and I remember that was one of the first connection points all not the first but as our girls got older you were so helpful in helping us think about that and talking about how important it was for your own kids for you how how um how formative when you look back on your life now how formative were those catholic well when i was in grade school and high school the nuns were really tough on me (laughs) i wasn't necessarily a great student uh and i did i kind of despised them for a while and then i got married and then we decided, what are we going to do about educating our children? Yeah. And that's when I, I the, the light went on, and I said, you know, I'm doing pretty well in our business. I've met a wonderful woman and married her. We have three wonderful, at that point, three wonderful boys. And I said, 
you know, these nuns weren't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they couldn't, they weren't so bad. Yeah. So that's when we decided to move out here and join Holy Name. Yeah, yeah. And that was the most wonderful decision we ever made. Uh, we, I, I, I got involved with the school, uh, the school board. Uh, Judy was a, a registered nurse, so she was a, a volunteer at school for her nursing. Uh, I was able to run the... Uh, Country days for the first three mm -hmm. years we we were out there, yeah. and so I we met all of our friends or most of our friends that we have today. We met through Holy Name. Yeah, yeah, and well, it was just a wonderful experience. Yeah. Was that the same? Like when you think back to your childhood and like your dad and uncles and stuff, were they also active beyond the Catholic schooling that you did? Were they also very active in their parishes? They were not. No, they were not. Okay, they were just uh, they were working. They were working. Yeah. yeah. Working. Yeah. How, how, to what do you attribute then for you? So there's a lot of stuff, you know, as you grew up, formative with the schooling, obviously the closest of family. But then as you're a dad yourself, as you just said, you took on, you know, not, not necessarily better or worse, but I mean, you were just much more active in that parishing. To what, like what clicked for you? What made it inviting for you to be a part of that? Well, we went, you know, we were at, uh, at at the old church, which was about 150 parishioners at the time, and yeah. we were just forced to meet everybody, because yeah. <laughs> we always came in a little late. <laughs> and they always waited for us to leave to see, who in the hell are you? <laughs> so that got us going. Yeah. And then Father Arnold came about four years later, <clears throat> and that was a whole different yeah. change for us. Yeah. I mean, he he was raised about 12 miles from Colesburg. So we had a German connection. Yeah. And we were great friends. Yeah. And uh, he just was a great motor. He was a great motor. Yeah. He could have run any major company in terms of his ability and his motivation. Well, and just how many people he's touched, multi-generations, so many people attribute their their faith, their 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 sense of community to, to him singularly who when you think back to again back to growing up who were some of those guys at a younger age for you that were influential in that regard i would like to say some of the parish priests but i can't uh -huh. I, I, they just they weren't they weren't they didn't have the connection or that i needed at the time mm -hmm. uh uh, there was a priest that was the principal of our school, uh, Father Vernon Miller, who was instrumental I, I, in, 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 in me going on to college. Mm -hmm. uh, he always talked about marrying somebody who was Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are things that you talked about as, you know, yeah. growing up. Yeah. But there wasn't anybody as influential as Arnold was or Father Arnold was in my life in terms of direction and motivation and uh, just a wonderful feeling of acceptance into the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And we've got, you know, our lives have been very good. Uh, we've had some trials. With, mm -hmm. uh, my wife had cancer when she was 30, 39. <laughs> and Jeff had cancer. Kelly had a brain tumor. My daughter's had cancer. And with all our faith, I don't know how you get through it. Yeah, totally. I, I, I remember, and I, I've told so many times, Mr. Dieters, a story right around Thanksgiving, and I think it was when Kelly um, had a tumor, and 
it was not looking good. And I remember you coming into our driveway. It was cold. It was like I was shoveling or something <laughs> like that. And and you came over and you had tears in your eyes and and I'm not I'm not gonna be able to remember the exact words, but it was essentially a message of like it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And it was it was your faith, your family's mm. faith, and just the power of prayer. That And I just remember being so t- moved by that. It was not that I was questioning, you know, faith or prayer, but just to see, I don't know that I'd ever seen it that real, mm. you know? Well, we've had uh, the, the prayer of healing in our house about five times. <laughs> <laughs> you got it memorized now. We know the prayers by heart. <laughs> <laughs> we we have the the priest on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> how how has you know and it, you know those times of trial you know do a lot for people to bring them closer, hopefully bring them closer to Jesus and and, and to their faith. You know, how, and so I'm in those moments. I'm sure for you and the whole family that felt like the the faith meter was like up beyond ten. How when you look back on on your life. Where have other moments beyond those times of adversity been where, and they don't have to be like maybe a moment, but like phases of your life where you felt like, you know, your faith was really kind of dialed in or was there a moment, maybe this is maybe a different way to ask it. Was there a part of your life where you felt like even, you know, despite the years of elementary and high school, Catholic school, like when did it kind of kick in for you personally? Like, okay, I'm into this. Like this is, this is my faith is my own. Like, was there a moment that you ever kind of like, kind of, kind of turned that sort of page for yourself? I think it was a conversation I had with back to Father Arnold again. Mm. You know, I was on the school board and the, and the parish council, and we used to sit after the meetings and have a beer or mm-hmm. two, and uh, we talk about our faith and talk about how important it is to have someone beyond what we know today. Yeah. to have Jesus in your life somewhere along the line. And, you know, you get to thinking about that. And as much as Jesus is important to me, Mary is really important to me. Mm-hmm. I go to her almost every day. Yeah, yeah. It's such a gift of, of the Catholic and And, uh, and I, get, I get good answers from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember hearing somebody talk about... Because there's, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, why do you pray to Mary? You know, that's not God. And it's kind of like, hey, if you had access to God's mom, you know, to like, <laughs> to like chip in for you, like, like don't speak up for you. Like, exactly. wouldn't you do it? <laughs> yeah, you, ask her, you ask her something and she gives you a positive answer. Yeah. yeah. And that's been my experience. <clears throat> yeah. You know, in, in the intro, I did go on uh, at length with good reason for the the family that you and Mrs. Dieters built here that Betsy and I were so blessed to literally be able to watch and emulate. How, um, how, if you can think back to, you know, now over, shoot over 50 years now (laughs) when your own family was, was starting, how intentional do you remember that being in terms of the kind of family that, that you created, the kind of culture that you created, or do you feel like it, it, it was natural, you know, like it just sort of like happened and you just, it kept growing. Yeah, and, I, and like I'll go back. I grew up in a, in a German home mm-hmm. where there wasn't any uh, ex- external signs of love, you know. Yeah. I think the last, the first time my dad and I t- said I loved you was when he was 
75 years old, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to express myself and show my appreciation. And that's when we started hugging our kids, mm-hmm. telling them you love them. Yeah. And, uh, and it just kind of grows from that. They now have a good self-image of themselves, a lot of good self-esteem. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta love yourself, okay, before you can love somebody else. So I love my wife, and they could see that, and I loved each one of them this, mm. differently, but the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I can't remember your question. No, you answered it beautifully, and I do think, especially as we talk on this podcast about men and how men relate to each other, and, and you know, fathers and sons and brothers i think that is what is so wonderful like your boys are because of the way you know it's not like you treated your boys a certain way and gave them a slap in the back and then gave your you know daughter a kiss like everyone got kisses everyone gets hugs everyone hears i love you and and as a result they do that with their boys you know and and it's just there's no no apologies. It's the only thing that's changed is now I tell them, listen, I'm 80 years old. You better hug me You're real hard. It's good, it, it could be the last. It could be the last damn time you get to hug me. <laughs> get it in. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I just love that. Mm. I love that. That's so great. Well, hey, we are um, we are already at the fun segment uh, of the show. Um, <clears throat> even though I could sit here all afternoon and just keep talking, and I just might. Um, but. Let's get to the fun segment. Same three questions we ask every uh, every guest. I should have written those down. I can't remember, but go ahead. Well, and especially considering that you had you know two of your sons, I still haven't gotten the the third one yet on the show. You know, this is really we're gonna do a little tale of the tape here. We're gonna put all three (laughs) of you guys together. Although I will say, Steve won't be that hard to to beat. (laughs) Um, All right. So, fun segment question number one: If Jesus knocked on your door. Right there, uh, tomorrow morning, okay. and just wanted to hang out for the day, okay? Just you and Jesus, you got the whole day, you can do whatever you want, you can go anywhere you want, um, it, uh, whatever you want to do, what are you going to do with Jesus? Well, first of all, he should go to Washington and help that mess. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he's here, what I'd do is I would uh, I'd get on his private plane, mm-hmm. fly to Augusta, Georgia, uh, we'd only have time to play the back nine. I'd ask for seven strokes. <laughs> uh, fly home. By that time, everybody I know would be here because they knew I was with Jesus. <laughs> I would have to feed them burgers and brats, and we'd we'd have we'd have a great discussion of with Jesus and how he feels about our world today. What does he think of us? Or is he ready to turn us all into salt? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be it'd be interesting because I think our society now is really screwed up mm-hmm. in many different ways. In yeah. other ways it's great. And I'd like to I'd like to find out from him how he feels about the world we live in today. Yeah. What did he really expect it to be? Well, and super appropriate to have him here with with others you know with you hosting and having that experience to share it with more people for sure mm-hmm. for sure all right fun segment question number two if you could go to church <clears throat> with any other guy living or dead famous or not uh you could have known this person or not uh in, in any era 
uh, and it could be the guy just right down the street. Doesn't matter. So it doesn't have to be anybody like super like famous. But if uh, you but you're going to church with any other guy, who are you going to go to church with? Well, this is kind of ironic because uh, my first of all, I would go to church with my brother-in-law David Moe, who just died. Mm-hmm. David was a Down syndrome child. Lived until he was 62 years old. Mm. He, was a, he was an angel of my And he was like the only brother I'd ever, I never, I never had. And you could just see that God was in his soul every day. All he wanted was a Pepsi, <laughs> a, a, a library card, <laughs> and McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> he had no other desire. He didn't have a desire to have a big home, a car, or race cars, or whatever. He didn't care about traveling. He just loved his family. He loved our family because he was here all the time for yeah. holidays. He was just a saint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's who I would pick, even though... He knew Father Arnold very well. When Father Arnold left, he had a hell of a time getting him into church. <laughs> you tapped out. But now I think I could get him there. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you. So and, that that's not. He's not a famous person, but he's a very special yeah. saint to me. Well, and as much as he is, and I 100 percent agree. As much as a, of a saint as he is, and still is to you, you uh, were to him. I mean, I've I've seen few brothers who have dedicated so much of their life to their brother and you, whether it was traveling, um, taking him places, uh, welcoming him in and your whole family. It, it, he, he was, you're absolutely right. He was an angel and you all had the good sense of recognizing an angel uh, one in your midst. He was an angel. We're yeah. going to celebrate uh, his life uh, in July That's awesome. right before his 63rd birthday. Yeah. It's fantastic. All right. Last question. Uh, if you, could give uh, just one piece of advice to a younger man about living uh, a confident, humble uh, life of faith. What would be that piece of advice? Well, that's an interesting question. He's a young man that... uh, I would ask him if he has a lot of self-esteem. Does he have self-image? And does he love himself? Because if you don't have those qualities, it's very hard to love anybody else. It's very hard to love a woman or a a partner. Mm -hmm. Very hard to love your children. It's very hard to be fair to your employer or employee. So... To me, that's pretty basic. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure everybody 20 would listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminds me of the of the. Um, I think it's a commandment. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, love God first, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And sometimes we forget about the last part of that sentence. You know, as yourself, love yourself. You know. Well, you have and, you, you know as, as 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 weak as we might be, and uh, the mistakes we make in life, we know God forgives if we ask for forgiveness. Yeah. But you have to you have to think yourself you have to think of yourself as pretty good. <laughs> yeah, God made you. <laughs> you know, and He's got to think we're pretty good. <laughs> right. So, are you man to that? Yeah. 
Look, that's awesome. Well, Mr. Roger Dieters, thank you so much, uh, not only for these <clears throat> minutes, but for the for the years. Um, truly, uh, there, there are very few men, uh, and with Mrs. Dieters, women, who have uh, influenced uh, Betsy and I as much as you have. And it is a blessing to, to us. And uh, I'm just so, so grateful that people get a chance to hear a little bit more about you and, well, and, and understand even better why they love you so much. Those are very kind words, Jeff, and I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.